Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Joined with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Joseph. Yellow. And Jay Hugh. <laughs> this week, discussing the very first Marvel special presentation, which is too short for a movie, but more than a 30-minute show, Werewolf by Night. And listen, I didn't look up a single cast member in this movie. So, Joseph, I hope you got that information. Uh, I do, but it is funny that we... I, I guess it's a feature uh, uh, presentation because it doesn't have any more episodes, but it's silly to call something that's shorter than most HBO shows now uh, <laughs> by, like, 50%. A like special kind of, presentation. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't I don't think it needs its own categorization, but you, hey, you know... You whatever. just covered, like, my first 10 minutes of ranting. I'm so sorry. Well... That's okay. <laughs> I was still, but you know what I'm saying? Like... Like fucking, I, I said this to you guys today, but I'm just fucking burnt out on an hour and 15 minute shows. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm just fucking sick of it. That's too long for an episode of a show. I'm tired of ending a show and thinking, well, I'm going to die someday. <laughs> you know, that's what I think at the end of every show now. Like, I spent that much time watching it. Even shows I really like. Like, I really like The Rings of Power. I'm so pissed it's an hour and 15 minutes. I fucking love The Old Man. I'm so pissed it's an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, as far as cast, the, the only two really of note, I think, and, you know, probably for carryover information is uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, who plays... Oh, man. This is, this is one of those situations where... I don't feel like they can ever say this on screen in a row, but plays Jack Russell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can say Jack, you can say Mr. Russell, but putting them together just, I really think detracts in some ways. Especially for a dog, man. <laughs> it really hammers home that these things are really for children. And that does not fit with the tone of this special presentation. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, and uh, Laura Donnelly, who plays Elsa Bloodstone, who you'd recognize from things, but probably not her specifically. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and let us move on without talking about Kurt Thatcher being in here because that guy needs to get all the work. Um, <laughs> he famously played the punk rock kid in Star Trek Four on the bus. He looks the exact same as he did then. <laughs> Um, but also, the dude's written Muppet TV shows for like 40 years. Yeah, and, so uh, I'm glad you brought, I was going to bring it up once we got into the general cast, but I saw that like, he's mostly done like director, writer, like behind the scenes kind of stuff. But that dude's got such a good look, you know? If yeah, you just, he's very if you just, distinct. If he just got a presence, even if he doesn't have lines, he should be in shit. There's a really good scene in Picard season two. I say really good. There's nothing good about Picard season two, but <laughs> he plays the same character and he comes back as he did in Star Trek four. And it's excellent. Okay. That, that does sound awesome. Uh, you know, from the cast, I'd like to mention Harriet Sanson Harris as Catherine O'Hare as whatever her character's name, is. <laughs> which it sounds Touché. like an insult, but it's not. It was all. Awesome. So um, what do we think? I mean, the simple plot of this show is the current owner of the Bloodstone dies and they're having a competition. Who can kill the monster first? Who's the best monster hunter to uh, claim the Bloodstone is rightfully theirs? What do we think of this show? Press special presentation, not movie. I'm going to keep calling it a show because special presentation is too many syllables. Well, yeah, I like special presentation just because of their intro thing. It was very like... 80s cbs i liked mm. that uh, man i fucking loved this i uh it's probably my favorite thing 
of whatever phase we're in, the post-Thanos phase. I, I liked uh, Multiverse of Madness a lot. I liked uh, No Way Home, but this is just far and away my favorite thing. And they need to do more shit like this. You know, I'm going to continue to harp on the length. I loved how much we got of this because at the end of it, I wanted more. Mm. You know, I wasn't like, well, that that's taken a chunk of me. It's, it was like, you know, it didn't explain every single thing about these characters. And I thought that was great because it left me to try to fill in some of the space, which for me as a kid reading comics was one of the more fun thing about reading comics is trying to work out how these characters interacted with each other, which is something comic movies don't let you do at all. They lay out every single thing in painstaking <laughs> detail. I was going to say, I'm with you, Hurt. It's great. I loved it. It's campy, and I like how isolated it feels. Like, there's truthful, truthfully no connection to the MCU in it. And I know that's a big complaint people have about this phase that we're in. But I think it really plays to the strength of this show. Um, I could have used one connection, which I'll talk about in spoilers. But for the most part, I, I really, really, really dug it. And again, there's a lot of topic if the MCU should have ended after Endgame. But like, this might be my favorite year because I loved Multiverse of Madness. I love She-Hulk. And now I love this. And I have pretty high hopes for Black Panther. So like... They're hitting on all cylinders for me right now, even though Love and Thunder is probably my least favorite MCU <laughs> movie. Yeah, so I went into this like super cold. Uh, you know, I, I barely knew it existed before we did our D23 episode. I heard you guys were, liked the trailer and then I never watched the trailer. I don't know anything about any of these characters. And honestly, the fact that you guys were kind of excited about it is the only reason I agreed to watch it. And now I've watched it and it was really fucking fun. It also might be my favorite thing that's that's come out from Marvel in, in like the last couple of years. I hope this podcast is for other people what you guys were for me. And like, yeah, I guess I'll just I'll listen and see what these guys have to say. And maybe I'll give it a shot because it's I mean, it's 53 minutes long and uh, kind of touching on, on Hertz point for somebody who hates longer shows and is criminally on their phone when I'm watching TV shows. I was not on my phone while I was watching this. I put my phone down because I was kept being interested in like what was going to happen next. I 100% the same. I had my phone and my iPad handy. I was like, I'm ready to not pay attention to this. Exactly. Yeah. But it locked me in. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, you know, since it's in black and white of it being a throwback to like, you know, sort of early Hollywood uh, horror movies. And, and it definitely is. But it also really feels like a horror comic in that horror in comics is still pretty safe horror. And this is pretty safe, campy horror. But I liked it a lot. I didn't want to touch on something that Christian said. I, you know, there, there is definitely that like it, it feels old school. It's definitely got like a camp element. But I also feel like it's got pretty like solid tension in, in moments. Like it's not yeah. like it's not goofy, uh, it, it, at least in its entirety. There, I think there are moments that are like meant to be that way. But I think it also is like effective when it wants to be in, in kind of being uh, uh, suspenseful. Well, I was going to say kind of following after what you guys are saying, like shout out to Michael Giacchino. No fucking kidding. No clue that guy could direct. And this is such a good balance of like ode to universal horror. Right. Uh, and while also like, again, balancing the, oh, this is still going to probably be watched by children because it's an MCU thing. And 
also feeling like, you know, taking something that people could not connect or relate to, like when they rebooted the Wolfman a few years ago and tried to just make a new universal horror film and didn't connect with audiences. I think this does the exact same thing, but does connect with the audience. And all of that goes back to him. I mean, that shot of Elsa in the cage while he's transforming is phenomenal. It is excellent. Yeah. Um, And again, it's not relying on like modern technology and showing us the transformation. It feels like a classic horror film, but yet it builds tension well and, I don't know. I just really, really impressed with what that guy was able to do and deliver. Because you guys know they made this in like two weeks. No way. Did they really? <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. That is awesome. Because it is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so are, are better than talking, Transformers. Yeah, better than Transformers. Definitely. Way better than Transformers. Do we, are we are we delving into spoiler territory? Is that what we're marking off? I think we should delve into spoiler territory because I want to talk about how awesome Man Thing looks. So okay. fucking good, dude. So like, good. Man, if you don't have a lot to spend on your CGI budget, fucking put your shit in black and white because he he looked so fucking cool and so right. There was like maybe one spot where I didn't think he looked cool, but that's really good for like a TV show that they made in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, plus like they just nailed this like monstrosity puppy dog. Like, right. like right. it just was perfect in how that character should be relayed uh and that's and and i mean again like it just they hit it out of the park you know we see him and then jack has this interaction with elsa and he's like oh call him ted like that's such a it's such a great little bit (laughs) that tells you everything you need to know in like five words 100 this show really Again, you know, a campy, silly show, but really respected the intelligence of the people watching. Also, man, I loved seeing how his seeing his power work. It looked so cool mm. on screen. Mm. The, the fucking burning touch. It looked great. Yeah, I'm really man thing was the standout for me. I was so pleased with how that character turned out because um, I'm a sucker for both Man-Thing and on the DC side, Swamp Thing, something about mutant monster nature men right, pulls at my right. heartstrings. And um, I'm just, I, I, I want to see more of him. I, I want to see so many adventures of Jack Russell and his buddy, the giant plant. <laughs> they were just really, really endearing. That would be pretty fun. My one, I don't know to say gripe, complaint. I don't even need it or want it. I just thought this would have been a fun chance to show off Blade since who the fuck we knows. When yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> right. Particularly because that dude's a monster hunter. Correct. Get in with it. Yeah. I do like to think that he thinks that he's too cool for these monster hunters, <laughs> for sure. Also, I mean, give Michael Giacchino Blade. Like, he did it. He At proved this himself. Point, yeah. He's the guy. Yeah. 100% agree. Don't let it fall apart. Don't let Mahershala drop off. Give right. us some Giacchino. But see, here's I would thing. love it if Blade looked exactly like this. I did too. I thought to myself, well, this, is, this should be how they fucking make their Blade movie. But I don't know that maybe Feige or Mahershala Ali agree with that entirely. But right. to me, like I was like, no, this is what all MCU horror should be is, is this. I can say I'll tell you one of the things that I really loved about it is one of the things that I don't I don't know if surely I think we've we've lost necessarily in the MCU or the Marvel movies, but film TV is very much predicated on two people sitting in a room talking. Right. Uh, and I definitely feel like in in a lot of the things that we watch, the the parts where it's people talking feel like they are the filler between the action set pieces 
that we're trying to get to later. Uh, right. And I th- feel like this one did such a good job of this is both it's like the, the central premise of the whole thing. It's the central tension of, of the whole special. You can sell me anytime. It's just a bunch of people in a room who don't know each other who are trying to figure out if anybody is who they say they are. Right. right. Uh, like I fucking love that any day of the week. <laughs> Uh, and I think one of the things that's really smart that, that Giacchino does really well is because it's a, a, such a short thing and because he doesn't want to sit there and give you like a lot of exposition or spend a lot of time, I, I don't want to say diluting these characters, but the fact that you don't know a lot about them is kind of what's interesting about them. 100%. Um, and so I think he does such a good job of making them visually distinct enough that you can follow like who is who, even though you've only met them for a very small amount of time and they may have had no lines of dialogue and you're still like know who they are and are invested in what's going on. Yeah, uh, that reminded me of another point I wanted to make on it, which is this is a thing I've harped on a lot lately, but I really like that this had sort of no postmodern detachment. Like there yes. was no... There was no like jokes about, can you believe there's giant plant man here? Like this was the world and it was in and while being campy and fun, it also took it seriously. Yeah. I mean, to kind of to that point, I guess like to me, the, the closest comparison I can make to this movie is that it's Marvel's young Frankenstein, which is such a combination of words that appeal exclusively to me. (laughs) (laughs) In that, like, Young Frankenstein is an O is Mel Brooks's ode to like universal horror films, but it's generally a pretty good. I mean, it's a great movie in itself, but like this, the jokes never actually downplay what the Frankenstein story happening in that movie, and I think that's true here. Like, it's kind of like lighthearted and fun, and it's campy, and it's still like maybe kind of for like older children, um, right? But that never takes away from like these are people hunting a monster and they're competing with one each other one another to the point where they're willing to murder each other like it's just such a good balance of fun and yet like an adult concept that i just that it it feels really special also man first of all the young grant frankenstein thing is a great point how cool was it also that we got a daredevil hallway fight with a werewolf and a bunch of splattering blood (laughs) That and was it was so time. much, so much cooler than any Daredevil fight. 100%. No, I, I really like this. I, I want to watch more of these characters. And I like this format. I would like, I think there are plenty of characters that we could have just, honestly, this should have been Moon Knight. I mean, definitely. The thing I really thought about this is none of the Marvel shows that have been on Disney for free. Um I've rewatched. I've enjoyed mostly all of them, but I haven't rewatched any of them. I can see myself rewatching this multiple times. For sure. See, I, um, I would like a very similar premise to this, uh, which won't work because we've already done it, but of, of kind of, you know, all of our spooky Marvel characters all in the same kind of scenario where they're all meeting the room. They all don't really know each other. They're under the intel that one of them is not who they say they are. And then the ultimate reveal at the end is that the person who set it up is set it up as a trap. And that's how they like all meet and make like some kind of night Marvel team. Midnight Suns origin movie. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. But you know, that they've, they've already kind of done that too well here. I think (laughs) to replicate that for me. Yeah. Man, is is there anything else you guys can think of that you'd like to see in this format? 
like any other Marvel thing. Like the special presentation? Yeah, like and just an hour one and done thing. Doesn't have to be a world shaking end of the universe thing. Just a little story with, you know, with characters that are cool. Like I, like I said, I think this would have been a better format for Moon Knight. I mean, we didn't even get a Moon Knight origin story. I think this right. would have been just totally fine. I was about to say, I feel like you could probably like uh, soft open a, a mutant hero here somewhere. Ooh, that would be like a Gambit. I was going to say Gambit, but I was right. like, no. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, that was what Gambit I was Gambit would be good. You know, I, I feel like something cool could be done with the Kingpin in this. Mm. You know, again, room full of criminals. Yeah. You know, uh, maybe some B-list criminals that would never see their, a spotlight beyond this. Uh, I also think if we ever were to do a sincere Tom Holland Spider-Man origin, this would be where to do it. Mm. Instead of making it a big two and a half hour movie, like make a straight at adaptation of a of Amazing Fantasy fifteen. But yeah, I mean, no, that's a good idea too. Like, I don't think Sony would ever let that happen on Disney Plus. Oh, no, one hundred percent. I that 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 was that was definitely dream booking there. That's nothing that would ever happen. I, I don't know if this is actually true, but the IMDb trivia says that the show was in black and white, so it wouldn't get an MA rating from like the blood and violence mm. aspect, which I'm kind of suspicious. Of. I'm not sure that's actually true, uh, but you know, I definitely, I you know, I know they tend to aim more family friendly when possible, but it feels a little bit like it was designed this way from the start. I me. could see this being an artistic decision that was sold to the bean counters under that premise. Yeah, okay. I can, you know, like, I can see that. Like, yeah. they wanted in black and white. The bean counters, like, nah, kids aren't going to dig that. And it's like, but we can put a bunch of blood in it and not get an MA rating. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, fair enough. Anything else on Werewolf by Night? Oh, man, just no. if you haven't I mean, watched it, watch it. I, I would say, you know, I, I don't really know a lot about children, but I say if you wanted a pretty safe little scary thing to watch around Halloween with your kids, this might be it. Yeah, I, I actually, I agree with that as a person who has children. I will say my two, I did think, I did scroll through, I saw two characters that I think this would work for. Controversial opinion, I really like Daredevil in small doses. Don't give yep. me an 18 hour show, give me a one hour like kind right. of mini movie. Number two, Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer would be good, yes. I don't need, again, I don't need an eight episode arc of Silver Surfer, but if you wanted to give me like an hour of like this dude, his origin story, his relationship with Galactus, and then introduce him again <laughs> later on in Fantastic Four or something, I think that's the appropriate amount of time. Well, because also with Silver Surfer done right, there's just got to be a lot of lamenting. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe- I don't need it. I don't need eight hours of that. Right, exactly. Maybe 50 minutes would be a good way to do that. But this shit's good. Make more yeah. of it. Is this guy coming back? Do we think? Oh, absolutely. He's coming back. 100%. I, I, that was the one thing I wanted to say about the casting that I forgot to say. Uh, somebody on the show, maybe Michael Giacchino, is the only person on Earth who's seen Mozart in the jungle because that's what this guy is from. <laughs> I, don't, I, I mean, look, I don't know if that's lost the collective consciousness, but there was a solid two years in the, in the mid-2010s where every single screen that you looked at was trying to get you to watch Mozart in the Jungle, and you fucking didn't. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but somebody did, and now this guy has a job at Marvel. <laughs> the only thing I knew him from was um, E2 Mambien. What is the name of that movie? Like the two dudes are on the road trip with the older woman, and they're both trying to hook up with her. You guys know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in that. But that's it. What a strange track record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right, that's Werewolf uh, Werewolf by Night. Hopefully they uh, continue to make more of these. Hopefully we keep getting uh, Michael Giacchino jobs as a director, but also as a composer. Either one's fine. Well, that's it for this. What have you been watching the past however many weeks it's been, guys? Um, I guess the only thing I want to talk about, which is not as good as uh, a, a week later now, but uh, Rings of Power Episode 6 is the best fucking episode of television in years. <laughs> it is stupid good. Um, it is... That episode alone is everything Game of Thrones promised me it would be season seven and eight. It's so fucking good. And episode seven is pretty good, but it's not nearly as shocking as episode six. And as a Tolkien guy, like the end of that episode blew my mind. Like, I don't want to get into spoilers. People haven't seen it, but it just rocked my brain hard. Um, The only other thing I watched uh, is the film Respect, and it's not very good. Uh, I love Jennifer <laughs> Hudson and um, listener her sing the queen of soul was, I, I would say it's worth the two hours, but I'm not entirely sure. Also like, I mean, I appreciate when a biopic or biopic or however you say it doesn't make the main person like out to necessarily be a hero, but that movie makes Aretha Franklin out to be a bitch. Like, mm. like she is mean to like everyone around her in that movie. And I don't know if that was on purpose but like i really like she was she's like mean to her own children like mean and that felt really different than normal those movies but we watched it because a guy kate's friends with plays her piano player and he's in quite a bit of the movie so you know whatever that's crazy yep it's worse than transformers (laughs) and i'm sure we'll talk about she hulk eventually but that daredevil episode fucking kicks yep Uh, i agree that's it Um, Well, first of all, uh, you know, I'm still on like episode four of Rings of Power. The aforementioned super long episodes have been making it hard for me to power through, even though I enjoy it. But that makes me want to power through. So maybe I'll catch up. Dude, six is so fucking It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) So good. All right. Two things to talk about. Uh, First one relates back to what we just talked about. So um, uh, as far as Werewolf uh, by Night goes... I actually don't know if I've ever read a Werewolf by Night comic. I actually think on an earlier episode, I may have misrepresented Werewolf, Werewolf by Night by uh, as Man Wolf, which is a completely different '70s Marvel wolf character. Uh, so I, I, I really actually didn't know a lot going into this uh, thing when I watched it. So after it was over. You know, there were certain things about it I kind of wanted to know more about. Like, I wanted to know if any of the, uh, you know, Monster Hunter characters are pre-existing. Like, particularly, I thought the, like, eight-foot-tall lady that looked like a David Bowie monster looked cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I was wondering if she was a thing. So, I watched my first, and I assure you, my last ever Easter egg video. (laughs) People who do this with their life need to be shot. (laughs) I hate them. It was so fucking dumb. It's like, like, I don't know. I can't even explain it. He wasn't even making observations about here's the thing in the background. You might not have noticed. It was like, Hey, in the back, there's a Sphinx. So maybe this ties into, uh, maybe this ties into moon Knight. Maybe it does. Who gives a shit? Maybe it doesn't. Maybe there's more to Egypt than just moon Knight. And you know, while he's doing that, he doesn't even notice that Wendigo is in the back. Come on. I mean, look, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer that those videos probably started with people who knew what they were doing. Uh, but then somebody, re- and not somebody, a lot of people realize that people will click on it if you say 10 things you missed in anything. 
Uh, And then they just string a video together, regardless of their credentials. Well, I mean, like at one point he mentions that the only color you see for the most movie is red. This was also employed in the movie Pleasantville. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? (laughs) I was so angry at the end of watching this. I learned nothing about this thing, except this guy had a really shallow knowledge of movies. Hurt the internet may not be for you. It may not be. I don't know. Maybe other ones of these is good. But this one that I watched just ruined this shit for me forever. I will never watch another. The other thing I wanted to talk about, which, you know, uh, I I wanted to ask you guys about, although this is probably really more a question for Christian than it is for you, Nips. So the Black Panther trait. Yeah. When you have read comics in the past with Namor in it, did you picture his little feet as flappy? (laughs) <laughs> I have never thought about his feet flapping, but God, I loved it in the trailer. <laughs> I loved it too, but I was so taken aback by it because I've always assumed that, you know, I know that they give him his power of flight, but, you know, I mean, like, you know, Green Lantern's ring doesn't flap. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we just um, had the Eternals and we didn't have to explain why they can just fly around and do whatever. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I honestly, I kind of figured they worked like rudders. I figured they maybe moved, but not like flat. But it looks great. It was just one of those things where, like, I've read so many comics with Namor in it. And it really surprised me that they came up with a thing that I never thought of, but I also can't argue with. So kudos for them. <laughs> I, I do want to follow up her. My question to you is, number one, do we think Namor is going to be as big of an asshole? And number two... How how involved is that character going to be in the future, do you think? Uh, first of all, I think he's going to be a huge fucking asshole. I think he's going to be an unbearable asshole, and I can't fucking wait for him. <laughs> and second of all, I think he will... The storyline they're going towards, uh, Secret Wars, there's actually two different... Well, technically, there's four different Secret War stories, but we're only going to talk about two. There's the first one, And there's the last one, which were both just called Secret Wars. No number. And in the last one, there was this story that's kind of hinted at in Multiverse of Madness called The Incursions, which are basically where two alternate universes have to fight with each other for survival. And Namor is really all up in that story. And he really has a big conflict with, uh, with Black Panther over it. So, yeah, I think... I think we're going to see a lot more of this guy in the future. That's a good point. I uh, I figured he'd be present, but like, I was like, oh, I wouldn't expect him in an Avengers film. But you're you're bringing up good points. I mean, I I feel like he'll be an asshole for the majority of the film. I feel like they'll tone it down because I feel like by the end we're kind of supposed to root for Namor. Um, oh, but I, definitely there'll be a babyface turn at the t- at the end, but he will still be an arrogant ass i also i the more we've seen of this movie listen i know i'm on for conspiracy theory i don't think namor is the villain (laughs) i don't think it's our first like i think it's the first major marvel hispanic character in like they're making namor hispanic in the movie do we really want that guy to be the bad guy like that doesn't seem like good optics so i do agree with that and also we need him to be sort of likable for the Fantastic Four. At some point, they're going to want to do the Reed Namor suit, uh, you know, triangle. So does that yeah. mean that you're uh, doubling down on your Doom hypothesis, uh, Christian? Listen, yeah, I don't know that he's the villain, 
but gosh, I feel like he might be. Well, I mean, it could very well be, you know, in the same way we were introduced to S.H.I.E.L.D. We won't necessarily, the villain won't necessarily be Doom, but it might be an agent of Latverian. Yeah, I think the influence of, of Doom will be there. Yeah, fair enough. Anything else, hurt? That's all I got. All right. Well, look, unsurprisingly, I watched a lot of anime in the meantime. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was the end of the summer season. Uh, best of the summer season. Already talked about Call of the Night. It's great. Another show, Licorice Recoil, outstanding. Uh, the one I was going to spend a little bit of time on, just one is the one I've already talked about before. Uh, the second season of Maiden Abyss came out, which is a story about a, a, an island with a giant hole in it with stuff in it that kills you. <laughs> and two young adventurers that go into the pit. And it's, it's uh, kind of about you know collecting the stuff and finding new things, but it's mostly just about nobody knows what's in there or at the bottom or really just far down. So it's kind of just the appeal of the unknown uh, is, is kind of the draw of the show. I, I've told Christian this and, and uh, I stand by it. It's got great world building in a way that I've never seen uh, uh, done quite as efficiently before uh, or creatively. Uh, and I think the second season just kept, picks up where the first one left off. It's very, very, very good. Uh, it, it's one of the most original things that I've just have seen this year. I will say one of the things that's funny about it, as you get deeper into the pit, which is how the way the story goes, you can't go up, is they're kind of amassing a little troop of like superpowered creatures that live deeper in the pit, in the abyss. And so now we have like three nigh indestructible immortal creatures in the party and one tiny human girl who will literally die a miserable painful death if she just walks uphill one time and that's i don't know it's just very funny to me i don't know how the story <laughs> subsists on that <laughs> yeah anyway it's way better than transformers made in abyss great show uh also just generally it's a great time to be an anime lover because the the fall season has got uh uh mob psycho season three my hero Bleach is coming back after 10 years, if that's your shit. Yep. Uh, and the uh, the premiere of Chainsaw Man, which uh, I watched the first episode today and looks outstanding. So, uh, uh, you know, good time to get in, I think. Or, you know, if you're already in, it's a great time to be a fan. And that's it for me. What are we going to do next week, guys? I mean, I assume we're going to do She-Hulk. Isn't this the finale? I was going to ask, if this is the last week, then I guess we're doing She-Hulk. I, I mean, look, I intended yeah. to do more of an October-y theme, but I, I can't not do She-Hulk because right. it's, it's the, one of the few things that we talk about in the show that I've genuinely enjoyed. <laughs> right. uh, well, and just, I mean, a lot's happened since the last time we talked about it that I've wanted to talk about. So Yeah, we, yeah, thought, we, we thought it was going to be six episodes. and It ended up being like, what, nine? Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. If you haven't yeah. watched She-Hulk or listened to our She-Hulk episode, do both of those things because we're going to talk about it next week. Have either of you guys watched any of Andor yet? I have. Is it good? It's fucking great, dude. Really? All right. Yeah, there's too much TV to watch. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's absolutely the problem. There's too much fucking TV to watch. Andor is, um, it feels very much like an origin story for the guy you meet in Rogue One, which it should be. Like right. he's more criminal than he is good guy. And so like, of course in that movie, he ends up being more good guy than criminal. So it, it, it really, I don't know. I think it's really good. Cool. All right. So join us next week. We'll do she Hulk. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Please let us know uh, what you thought about werewolf by night. Uh, and please go watch it. If you had no interest in it before, I hope you do now. 
Absolutely. Uh, please uh, raise, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. You can reach us at realphonies@gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at realphonies on Instagram, real underscore phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. Later.